Payne has received the franchise tag. The Commanders locking him up for a year. We'll be looking at that as well as who is the most improved player coming off of the 2022 NFL season. All of that and much more coming up right now on the Next Gen Fan Podcast. This is the Next Gen Fan Podcast. Thank you for listening. If you are not subscribed to this podcast, please do so. I really appreciate it. You can find me on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, as well as on YouTube now. So before I get to the Duran Payne news, first off, we're going to be discussing who is the most improved player coming off of the 2022 NFL season. And now when we're looking at this, this isn't just going to be whoever had the the best season. Obviously, Duran Payne had a really great year. Uh, some would call could call it a breakout year. I don't believe Duran Payne, although he had a really incredible season, was the most improved player on this team. PFF has their most improved player for the Commanders as Jamin Davis, and well, I guess this is another option for this uh, this ranking. Once again, I do not believe Jamin Davis is the most improved player on this roster. He still is not living up to that. And while he did, he play better than 2021. Yes, he did. But it again, it really isn't that high of a bar considering the, what we thought we were getting in Jamin Davis. In my opinion, the most improved player for the commanders in the 2022 NFL season is Derek Forrest. Forrest drafted in the fifth round out of Cincinnati in 2020. He spent the majority of the, excuse me, drafted in 2021. He spent the majority of his 2021 rookie season as a special teams player. And then he comes in, starts playing a little bit more in 2022. If you remember back in week one, he had that game ending interception on that arm punt from Trevor Lawrence to Seal the Commander's Week 1 victory against the Jaguars. Forrest started 11 games this year. He had four interceptions, nine pass defended, two forced fumbles, one fumble recovery, and 95 tackles. Derek Forrest really improved this year, coming off of a guy who mainly played special teams all of his the previous season, and then he comes in on his, his sophomore year in the NFL and becomes a, a force on defense. Uh, Derek Forrest is undoubtedly a a starter on this team, and you look at the commanders moving on from Bob McCain, part of the reasoning behind that being that they have a guy like Forrest who stepped up. They have Curl and Forrest as their starting safeties, and hopefully going to see some more from Percy Butler. But Derek Forrest undoubtedly is the most improved player on this roster. And once again, guys like Terry McLaurin had an excellent season. Uh, obviously, not going to include rookies in this ranking because all we have to compare is their rookie season. But while Deron Bain, yes, had 11 and a half sacks and a really great year by Payne, uh, Jamin Davis, again, Jamin Davis played well, but considering the leap that Forrest took from a special teams guy to now being the starting safe, one of the starting safeties on this team, he is undoubtedly the most improved player from the 2022 season. Now, if you guys want to answer this question as well, this will be available on Spotify. A question will be there for you guys to answer, and you guys can give me feedback on what you guys think about 
my pick for the most improved player in 2022, as well as who you guys think the most improved player from the Commanders 2022 season is. With that being said, we're going to move on to the Deron Payne discussion, and Deron Payne got franchise tagged. As I mentioned in my last episode, the tag is an $18.937 million uh, hit on the cap. Payne is currently the second highest paid player on the team with the release of Carson Wentz, John Allen being the one above him with a cap hit of $21 million. Washington now currently has $17 million in cap space with the franchise tag of Payne, and they have until July 15th to reach a long-term deal. With that being said, as I said earlier in earlier episodes, I did not want this to happen. I, I think that this franchise tags in general do not work out. And considering the fact that Washington is not a contending team, I think that that really does go to show that, you know, Washington, in a sense, you either got to sign this guy long term and use him as a building block or you need to find a way to trade him. And maybe that's what they're going to do with this franchise tag. Now, in all fairness, this is most likely going to be Ron Rivera's last season here in Washington, whether that be due to lack of performance or due to the sale of the team and most likely Rivera getting blown out with a new owner. So it makes sense for Rivera to try and keep around his top guys in hope of trying to save himself. Uh, But as I mentioned, tags generally do not work out. It, It generally is a, and again, it's generally used mainly for contending teams, not that teams who are are, are not as good don't use a franchise tag, but it mainly makes sense for for contending teams because you you generally are able to lock up your star players or you trade them, and I think that that is the right avenue. Unfortunately, Washington hasn't taken that yet. At least they are keeping pain on the bright side. They're keeping pain, and that in in and of itself is very good for the commanders to be able to keep a game wrecker like Deron Payne, uh, defensive coordinators are going to have to plan for the, the combo of Allen and Payne. This is probably the best defensive tackle combo in football in the NFL. And overall, I do think that Washington, albeit not the way I wanted to, one not the way I wanted it to work out, but I do think that they made a correct decision by keeping Payne. I was I didn't want Payne to go to free agency. I didn't want Payne to get franchise tagged. I really wasn't a fan of him being traded at all, but at least they're keeping Payne for at least one more season. And hopefully if they're not able to reach a long-term deal, then before the week eight trade trade deadline, maybe they try and get some draft capital for him. With that being said, it does bring up the question of whether you should be giving a guy like this of this caliber and albeit yes Duran Payne is a, a very talented player but going back to one of the questions I uh, referenced earlier in my earlier episodes should you be paying two defensive tackles eventually about 20 million dollars each is what Payne and Allen will be getting if Payne gets a, a new contract for guys that do not play and and you know, they, maybe they're not on the field all the time, but they are still, with these guys, these talent, I mean, you got a guy in John Allen who 
is finally starting to get that recognition to get those all pro nods to get those pro bowl nods so john allen we know is a threat while he's on the field and deron Payne really kind of became that as well over this last year getting 11 half sacks and really it it really does become a challenge for defensive coordinators but it brings up the question whether you should pay these guys because, I mean, that's $40 million of your cap for, for two players right there, uh, two defensive tackles, and it it's a fair question to ask. But once again, where are you going to find another guy like a Deron Payne? And I'm not I'm not trying to hype up Deron Payne and, and act like this guy's a Hall of Famer, but this guy is a legit talent, and it, it does, you, people do need to realize that, you know, you aren't always going to find guys like this and if you keep these two around, you are going to constantly have a threat at the D-line position. No matter what your your edge rushers uh, become, whether we see you know that step up from Montez Sweat, whether Chase Young develops into the generational talent that we were, were told he was coming out of the draft, you know you have two extremely talented guys at the interior defensive tackle position, and that is going to be very valuable going forward. Ron Rivera hopefully is going to find a way to reach a long-term contract with Payne. Earlier in his career in Carolina, he had a chance to do it for a similar deal with another defensive lineman, and Rivera has been on record to say that he regretted not getting that deal done. So maybe that is something to where he's going to try and now get this one in Payne, so get this deal done with Payne, so he's not going to regret that as well. Deron Payne getting the the eighteen point nine million dollar uh, franchise tag once again brings down the Commanders cap to seventeen million dollars. So it does allow for the team, in a sense, to be restricted going after quarterbacks. And and what I mean by that is this: is that if they did not give Payne this contract, you you add that eighteen million in, the Commanders would have thirty five million dollars in cap now. That gives them some leeway with possibly restructuring or making some other cuts that they could go get a, a guy like a Derek Carr and they could go get some other you know pricey veteran quarterback because they have the cap space for that. With that being said, now that they have signed or excuse me, now that they have franchise tagged Duran Payne, that kind of takes that out of the equation in a sense because they only have. $17 million in cap, and that's not really going to be enough to go get a guy like a Derek Carr or some other veteran quarterback, whether that be trying to trade for Aaron Rodgers, which would be a really long shot, or going and getting some other veteran. Now, they're still probably going to sign a veteran like Andy Dalton, Jacoby Brissett, someone like that, but this does close the door on that situation in a sense of trying to go get a, a pricey veteran quarterback, and for that part, I am happy that they are hopefully not going to try and pursue that that option because we saw what that happened with Carson Wentz when, when they when they tried to go get a veteran quarterback. We saw what happened when they went with Ryan Fitzpatrick, a guy who, you know, 40-year-old quarterback who was a backup, been injured multiple times, and they, they tried to go get him. And now, albeit he was only getting paid about $10 million, but still, hopefully that they are going to do better spend and utilize this cap hit to maybe bolster that linebacker position, bolster that O-line because – after watching last season, that O-line really needs to be overhauled. All right, so coming up next, we'll be getting into some of the top NFL headlines that have been going around, 
some commander's staff changes for the coaching staff as well as stock up or stock down looking at the offense all of the starters who have played at least six games looking and seeing which of those players had a stock up season or a stock down all of that coming up next on the next gen fan podcast all right so some of the top headlines in the nfl first off ron rivera had a chance to speak at the nfl combine now for us fans viewing that combine doesn't begin until march 2nd with that being said ron rivera was asked about Sam Howell, and he said that Sam Howell is not the starter going into training camp, but Howell will be the QB1. Moving on from that, the Bears, it looks like they are going to be leaning towards trading the number one overall pick. It looks like they're going to try and stick with Justin Fields and go with trying to get some more draft capital and move down the board and get rid of that number one pick. The Bills' defensive coordinator... Leslie Frazier is taking a year off from football. He plans to return in 2024. The Falcons have released quarterback Marcus Mariota. Mariota, who was originally drafted number two overall by the Titans, then went to the Raiders and backed up Derek Carr, then signed with the Falcons last season. He has been released, as well as the Cleveland Browns are releasing safety John Johnson John Johnson, a a former Ram, has had a a fairly uh, successful NFL career. Johnson, in his career, consisting of six years in the NFL, has 12 interceptions. He has 41 pass defended, four forced fumbles, and a total of 512 tackles, as well as 13 tackles for loss. So, a decent safety. The Browns releasing him. And then some other news as well. The Giants are going to be releasing Kenny Galladay at the start of the new league year. And then the Commanders, some contract news for Washington. Jonathan Williams and David Mayo both getting one-year extensions. Now, moving on to the coaching staff. The Commanders have moved on from Ken Zampese in a sense. Zampese is still, still part of the the coaching staff, but he has moved to the role of the senior offensive advisor and game manager. The commanders announced today that Tavita Pritchard has been named the team's quarterback coach. Pritchard is entering his first year as an NFL coach. He's been had multiple different roles at Stanford. Pritchard himself played quarterback at Stanford from 2006 to 2009, and then he joined the staff in 2010 as a graduate assistant. Brent Wieselmeyer has been promoted to the role of the defensive backs coach. Richard Rogers has been promoted to the role of senior defensive assistant and safeties coach. And then Christian Garcia has been promoted to the role of the assistant defensive backs coach and Nichols coach. So that's all the news with the Washington coaching staff. Now moving on to stock up or stock down. Now the rules for this are pretty simple. No rookies are included in this list and the players on this list must have started in at least six games. So no random offensive lineman that Washington signed for one week and then cut. No, uh, no rookies here. Starting off Carson Wentz. Obviously this is really easy. Stock down for Carson Wentz. Wentz who got released yesterday had a, a pretty Pretty poor tenure in Washington, to put it lightly. Went 2-5 and five as a starter. 11 touchdowns, 9 picks. 
and really a, a poor performance here in Washington. Next up is Taylor Heineke, and I have Taylor Heineke as a stock up. Although his performance really kind of fell off towards the end of the year, I still think Heineke showed that given the opportunity, he can come in and be a, a viable backup for multiple weeks if your starter gets injured. Next up, Antonio Gibson. Stock down for Gibson. With the fumbling issues from last season, he kind of became the the 2A back behind Brian Robinson. Once Robinson came back, Gibson had a 1,000-yard season back in 2021 and only had about 500 yards in 2022. Curtis Samuel, stock up. And although Curtis Samuel did not perform the way we needed him to in 2022, the reason why he gets a stock up is because he, he really didn't play all at 2021. So any, any action from Curtis Samuel really kind of bumped him up to a stock up. Terry McLaurin also got a stock up. McLaurin had about an extra 100 or so receiving yards, as well as continuing to show that he can still perform with the QB carousel. McLaurin's played with multiple, multiple quarterbacks, and after getting that, that contract extension, he is continuing to show that he is an elite receiver. Stock up for McLaurin. John Bates, a stock down for Bates, and this is mainly because his drop in production when it comes to receiving yards. Bates only had about 100 or so receiving yards on the year, whereas in 2021, he had over 300. And John Bates it really can't measure how valuable he is to this team when it comes to run blocking, but because one of the things we can measure him in in his production in the past that is why he has a stock down. Logan Thomas, stock up for Thomas, even though he was injured throughout most of the year. Still had an increase in receiving yards. And I mentioned Logan Thomas as a potential cut candidate in my last episode. And I still think that even though with this this stock up for Thomas, he still did not perform the way he needed to. Wes Schweitzer, a stock down for Schweitzer. Schweitzer, I thought, played actually really well in 2021, given the opportunity. And then 2022 came along. Of course, there were... Injuries on the O-line for Washington, and unfortunately, Schweitzer didn't perform the way he he needed to. Moving on, Samuel Cosme. Cosme was drafted as a tackle in the second round, and going now into 2022, not only did injuries strike again, but he also is most likely going to be moved to guard coming into the 2023 season, and that in, itself, in and of itself is not a, a win for Sam Cosme. Cornelius Lucas, stock up for Lucas. Lucas played really well given the opportunities. The commanders re-signed him to a two-year deal, and I think Lucas showed that he can come in as a backup. Uh, ideally, we would not have him as a starter. Cosme, due to injury, was not able to play, and so Lucas took his, his role. But I still think Lucas performed well given the opportunity. Charles Leno, a, a stock down for Leno, and the only reason why is because he, once again, kind of had a, a poor last few games. Leno, I think, is a really good left tackle. Um, just unfortunately, it, it, he didn't have a solid of a season as he did last year. Trey Turner, stock down. Uh, Turner came in and was someone who you know I wasn't super high on, but I, I thought could get the job done, and I was really wrong about that. Uh, Trey Turner really struggled, and the same goes for Andrew Norwell. Again, a guy I thought I really wasn't excited about, but I thought could at least get the job done, and that was not the case. These guys really struggled and were unable to perform the way they needed to. 
Thank you for listening to this episode of the Next Gen Fan Podcast. If you are not subscribed to this podcast, please do so. I really appreciate it. If you have any questions you would like me to answer on this podcast, you can send me a voice recording. A link will be down in the description. Make sure you always check on Spotify for polls and questions. Those will always be posted along with the episodes, and you guys can give me feedback right there. I have recently started uploading to YouTube as well, so if you'd like to subscribe or view podcasts there, you can do so as well. The link down to the YouTube channel will be in the description. I see on forces, firefighters, police officers, and emergency personnel. God bless you, and God bless America.